Welcome to the Thrive Podcast from Syngenta, where the latest news, farming tips, and innovations come together to inform and inspire. It's November, which is my personal favorite month of the whole year because it holds arguably the best holiday, which is Thanksgiving. Because you guys serve our nation so well by playing a huge part in what ends up on our tables, I thought it could be fun to start the podcast off this time with a fact that I recently learned. Did you know that according to the USDA that in 2016, yes, I know that's nearly five years ago, but just go with it. Over 44 billion pounds of potatoes were harvested and more than 7 billion pounds of sweet corn was produced. That is so many mashed potatoes and corn pudding. Now, for the conversations that you probably really want to hear, jokes aside, (laughs) I'm here with Dale Ireland, who's been a technical product lead with Syngenta Seed Care, covering corn and soybeans for about 10 years now. In planning for 2022, Dale will talk to us a bit about soybean seed care considerations to keep in mind. Dale, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. To start us off, I'd love to have you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, what brought you to ag, and you know what do you love most about it? Well, Katie, it's a pleasure to be with you. Um, my family's been involved in agriculture for many years, and their um, ancestors were in farming for many years also. And I spent a good part of my childhood summers out on uh, family farms and um that has always been a part of my upbringing. And um, really what brought me to Syngenta was um, I'd been involved in many different aspects of agriculture, agronomy, seed production, research. And I really didn't know that much about seed treatments, but I had a great deal of curiosity about it. And Syngenta, certainly their pipeline is a strong one. And it's, uh, it's really been a pleasure the last 10 years or so to be involved in corn and soy seed treatment, uh, research and development. I've just loved it. That's really cool that you grew up in ag and spent your summers on the farm. So tell me what it's like to bring new seed care innovations to the market for growers. Well, I, I oftentimes use an analogy, Katie, and that's like, uh, say you're a coach or maybe even a parent and you've got a, a young player or, or your, your children, you've raised them, you, you send them off to school or maybe the first time the team takes the field. Um, that's kind of the way I look at a, at a new molecule or a new compound we're developing or maybe a new combination of uh, different molecules. And, um, you know, I work with them for several years and, and, um, then, then we introduce them, commercialize them, get them registered, and then commercialize them for growers to use or for seed companies to use for growers to um, see and employ. And uh, what's what's fun is, you know, that first year, yes, I, I probably am the world's expert on that particular product. But quickly thereafter, the first year or two or three, after that product's on millions of acres, they know more about it than I do as far as they've seen it in so many different environments. I mean, I might see them see this, this new combination in a hundred different environments over several years. We know a lot about it, but then you start knowing that growers are having their seeds, soy and corn protected by a product that was developed by Syngenta. And you had, you know, it takes a team effort. It's not like I do this by myself, but I lead the effort and write the label and that kind of thing. And it's very fulfilling and and I really do enjoy it. It's one of my most enjoyable 
careers or, or enjoyable um, responsibilities I've had uh, across the last 30 plus years of my career. It is so impressive to me, the amount of data and research and time that is spent bringing new seed care or new products in general to the market. And like you said, having to have them and test them on so many different farms and soils and just having all that data so that you know when you present it to a grower, this you can say like, this is the best for your farm because X, Y, Z. And that's just so impressive to me. So why is it then um, important to help those soybeans have a strong, vigorous, even started emergence without that early season plant stress? And how do different treatments help with that? Well, I mean, one strong trend that we've seen across the um, U.S. soybean belt in the last five years is growers are planting earlier. Um, just in the last three or three or four years, they're actually planting a lot more soy before their corn. And to make sure they're successful at that, we have to protect the, those seed uh, against pythium, which is a seed and seedling disease. Um, that, that is encouraged by cooler wetter soils, which as we're planting earlier is only um, more common. And then also sudden death syndrome or SDS. And fortunately uh, within Syngenta's pipeline, uh, the seed care project has really had some great success when it comes to both products to protect against sudden death syndrome, SDS, uh, with a product like Saltro, and I've worked with that several years before it was commercialized two years ago. So how does um, minimizing that early season plant stress help throughout the life cycle of the whole crop? Like, why does that make such a big difference? Well, first of all, um, when, when a grower has the opportunity to get in the field, um, you know, dry enough weather that they can get out there across their, their acres with a planter, they want to be able to do so. If it's April, they want to be able to plant. And we see that as the trend for larger growers, larger farms, fewer, fewer growers to cover the same number of acres. They have to start earlier. They use larger equipment. They travel more quickly across the field. And they have less time to go back and replant. They have less time to go back and make sure that plant stand is there. And by using a good quality seed treatment, they help ensure that the seed that they plant, most of it will germinate. It will grow off. It will have a very uniform emergence mm -hmm. and it will be diseased. And so if we protect that seed as best as we can with the newest um, compounds and the newest modes of action uh, that, that we deliver to the, the grower, that grower can be assured that they're using the best product possible given the situation that, you know, the environment that they planted into, that they're going to get a good plant stand that's going to be able to deliver the yield they need. Because fewer plants mean throughout the growing season, they have less yield potential. So they want to make sure they have as many plants as possible early. And then let the, obviously the environment is going to come what may, right? But if they have a good, strong seedling that's uniform and each individual plant is a mirror image of one another across that field, we know that those fields have the greatest potential across the growing season, no matter what is whatever the environment brings. Yeah, so you're really giving it just the best chance of success and really setting that firm foundation early. So what are some of the key things that you would advise growers to look for in a good seed treatment? 
Well, it's it's critical that they have a comprehensive um, fungicide package. Uh, and this this is for like for soybeans, this would be specifically for Pythium, for Phytophthora, for Fusarium, for Rhizoctonia, and um, anything from Syngenta Seed Care, of course, is going to have a comprehensive package that takes care of those seed and seedling diseases. One thing to keep in mind, the decision, in my opinion, having been involved with this, and this is all I do is seed treatment R&D, is a seed treatment is not just a seed treatment. It's not the decision, in my opinion, isn't do you treat it, do you not treat it, you know, untreated seed versus treated seed on, on soybeans. It's which seed treatment do I want, which seed treatment offers me the best value for what I've invested in that seed treatment. We know the seed, the genetics, the transgenes that are in the seed, herbicide traits and whatnot, these are expensive. And because we're reducing seeding rate, we're saving a little bit of, of input costs there. But we have to make sure that we protect that investment and ensure that most of that investment is returned to us by an established seedling, a good, healthy seedling. It's a good variety that we've selected for our farm or several different varieties. But if we don't treat it and protect it against those potential pests, we can um, have a challenge. So we've talked about disease. You also have to look at insecticide. That's a really good point to make sure that you're not just thinking about the diseases, but also the insects that could potentially be a threat and kind of covering that seed from all sides, um, especially with devastating diseases like sudden death syndrome, which has gotten worse over the last five to 10 years and soybean cyst nematode. Um, you previously mentioned growers are starting to plant earlier, and with that comes increased risk for sudden death syndrome um, because that seed is germinating slower in cooler water conditions and allowing more time for the pathogen to gain strength over the growing seedling. So paired with nematodes that stress the root system, growers really could have a serious problem. Um, so a strong soybean seed treatment is really that peace of mind because they do go so hand in hand. That's, that's really true. And I guess I would add, Katie, that as you have cooler, wetter weather, it slows down that early growth. It allows fusarium to take over and, and to have more infection of that root. The symptom that you see in August or September on your soybean crop is not, it's, it's the, the symptoms of the root infection. The actual disease, the actual infection of the fusarium is not that that yellow speckling or the, the dying of the leaves, that's a secondary effect from the root infection. And the root infection can cause a, a triggering of movement of the toxins from that infected root up through the vascular tissue of the soybean plant up into the canopy. And that's what actually causes the yellow speckling. So even if you don't see SDS in the canopy of your crop and late July, early August, middle to late August, that doesn't necessarily mean you've avoided any um, SDS infection. You likely have some SDS infection. It just simply didn't get infected enough to show that symptom. And some of our soybean varieties obviously have some, some good genetic resistance against SDS. And that's another thing to think about when you're manage, trying to manage against soybean cyst nematode or sudden death syndrome is really rely on your seed company. And certainly within Syngenta Seeds, we have a very strong breeding program for both SCN as well as SDS. 
And in those cases, be sure that you talk with your seed people, your seed advisor or your local retailer um, about getting the best performing product for your region. Interesting. So you're just you always want to have that strong protection against SDS and start early on with the seed treatment and, and the genetics just to have the most, like you said, the most tools in the toolbox um, to protect against this really, I mean, devastating disease. So this pathogen. So then I guess, what are some of the soybean seed care considerations that growers should keep in mind as they start planning for 2022 or um, in the midst of planning for 2022? What are some things that they should keep in mind? Certainly you evaluate where, how, how did, how did what you did in the last year or two um, perform on your farm? And then see what gaps exist. I mean, that that's obviously a gap analysis. I mean, you're, you're looking at what worked, what didn't work, where can I improve? Um, where am I looking for opportunities to improve for my next year? We can always do that by adopting new genetics, by newest, best genetics and traits, looking at what what different seed treatments? What what are new products? What are new opportunities that I can I can get additional protection? Multiple modes of, of action or activity against some of my key pests that I'm real concerned about on my farm, or my my number of different farms. So those are areas that that typically are evaluated. Making sure that you know certain genetics are are. Um, maybe uh, getting a little longer in the tooth and they're looking to replace those. Where can I where can I improve with a more comprehensive seed treatment, one that offers me more protection? Am I going to be reducing seeding rate? If I am, then that makes seed treatment even more, more important. Um, we're, as, as I said, uh, we're seeing more and more people planting earlier with fewer seeds per acre. And when you're doing that, you're just putting that much more risk on making sure that every seed counts. Yes, that's great. Definitely some really big hitters to keep in mind as they do start planning for 2022. And like you said, talk to your local retailer, talk to your local agronomist, because they're the ones that are going to know your field, your needs, your unique considerations best. Um, Dale, thank you so much for a lot of the information that you gave today. So informational, so educational. For growers and our listeners, you can talk to your local retailer, like I said, or your agronomic representative to find the best soybean seed care for your fields as we do go into 2022, or you can visit ysaltro.com. We'll be right back for a conversation with Syngenta Digital Ag Marketing Lead, Peyton Merriam. While much of the nation has been glued to the news over the past year and a half, the summer, the eyes of many growers were glued to the weather forecasts. Persistent, extreme drought plagued much of the Midwest and Western U.S., but other parts of the U.S. saw heavy rains, flooding, and hurricanes. We've touched on this briefly in previous Thrive episodes. Extreme weather patterns are a constant concern for growers. Today, I've asked Peyton Merriam, Digital Ag Solutions Marketing Lead at Syngenta, to talk with me about the impact of extreme weather patterns and what tools growers have within Syngenta to mitigate some of that risk. Peyton, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, Katie, thanks for having me. So tell me about why weather is one of the main challenges of farming. Yeah, I mean, I think from from what you from what we're talking about, you know, there's no average year anymore <laughs> when it comes to weather, <laughs> and so um, you, you know, 
growers have their best laid plans, but um, they are always impacted by what Mother Nature throws at them. Depending on the area and, and the crops that they're growing, they'll, they'll make a decision um, potentially mid uh, middle of the growing season or early in the growing season of, hey, am I going to apply a fungicide? Am I getting the moisture? Is it, you know, are we getting rain? Are we going to have disease uh, uh, in, in our area. And if so, mm-hmm. I want to apply a fungicide, protect the crop. And it's not just crop protection too, right? I mean, even from a seeds and genetics point of view, I mean, as simple as, am I going to plant a crop this year? <laughs> it's been so mm-hmm. wet. Um, am I going to be able to get something in the ground? Uh, and so purchasing decisions, um, agronomic decisions, you know, how, how, how growers are going to um, uh, apply or not apply uh, on their fields. I mean, this is definitely something that's directly tied into what, what mother nature is throwing at them. Yeah. So there are so many different factors to the season, so many different variables. Um, but I know that the agriclimate weather protection offer from Syngenta is one of the ways that, um, Syngenta is able to kind of help come alongside the grower and mitigate some of that risk. So tell me a little bit about the agriclimate weather protection offer, um, and just what it is. So it is a weather protection offer that is uh, geared for locally for the grower to provide them some confidence that, hey, weather, you know, regardless of what the weather may throw at them, uh, Syngenta is sharing in the risk of potentially adverse weather events that growing season. Mm-hmm. We know that our products at Syngenta, uh, through various tests uh, and, and trials that we've done over many years, uh, perform really well. AgriClimb offers that protection during key times of the growing season that we are providing um, a, a share in the risk of if if we have um, you know extreme drought or extreme rain events or whatever you know whatever the peril may be in the offer in the AgriClimb offer that we have, um, so that uh, we're partnering with the grower if, if something were to happen, we offer cash back on the on those premium products that are within AgriClimb. Okay, so bottom line, what is the sign up process like? Yeah, so um, while weather is complicated, we feel like AgriClimb is a very um, simple and easy to use uh, tool in terms of the sign up process. Depending on your geography and the crops that you grow, um, we'll have information for you there at the local level of what products qualify uh, to be in AgriClimb and what the requirements are in terms of how much you know you need to to purchase and, and the rate in which it needs to be applied and so forth. We use local historical weather data, so we can provide that specifically for the, where your your farms and fields are located. Uh, and then at the end of the season, we'll follow up with an email or uh, face-to-face communication to let you know how things have turned out, and we'll provide the data to you to show you uh, how those have, have played out across your fields. Uh, and if you had adverse weather events, um, we'll let you know what the cashback was, and, and we'll provide uh, that at that time. It doesn't require you to, you know, map out all your fields. It doesn't require you to put in uh, a heavy lift of information. Uh, really, it's working locally with your retailer and your sales rep uh, registration process is, is pretty quick and seamless. Yeah, I've heard from um, a couple growers, actually, that they were like, yeah, honestly, it took five minutes, just like talked with my retailer, signed up super quickly, and just kind of like let it sit until the end of the season. Why does a program like AgriClimb um, matter to growers? With AgriClimb, the benefits are beyond uh, just sharing in the risk, which is, you know, one of the main parts of it that we have from um, from that weather perspective. But it's also, um, you know, the products within AgriClimb are our premium uh, products, and we uh, firmly believe in the outcome that those products will provide in a normal uh, or average growing season, if you will, from a weather perspective. And so we have lots of data that shows that uh, even in a drought season uh, or even in the not 
not most ideal conditions, applying a fungicide still provides extra benefits uh, from a plant performance um, perspective. And so we're actually helping growers, uh, you know, have a, a little bit better year just from a performance standpoint outside of the weather guarantee or outside of the weather protection that takes place in agriclime. Uh, and so, you know, the, these fungicides are helping provide a little bit of a, a yield bump. Uh, and they're also providing um, less issues with lodging when it comes harvest time. So, yeah, like when the weather's great and ideal for the year, they get the benefit of a stellar program and really great crop protection products. But if they don't and there ends up being that, you know, extreme weather event, they get cash back at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it's kind of um, it's a little bit contrary to what most would think. We don't want a payout in agriclime because mm-hmm. that means that we didn't have great weather events. And so if there's not a payout, then more than likely uh, there was more ideal conditions for a great crop. Regardless of the weather, we want growers to be profitable. We want them to have a great year. And so that's kind of the way we're looking at it. We do know that these uh, crazy weather events happen, and we do know that those are out of the control um, of anyone. So And so we're trying to provide uh, a little bit more confidence in, in the decisions that are being made uh, to ensure that sound agronomic decisions are still being made regardless of what weather may throw at us every year. Yeah, I love that you said that because I talked to a grower um, a couple months ago who is an agriculture grower, and he was like, "You know what? Like, we hope it doesn't pay out." Like you said, like we hope, we hope that we have excellent weather, and this isn't something that we have to, you know, deal with or worry about. But in the event that something does happen, we know that there is a little bit of that fallback, a little bit of that um, net to catch us at the end of the season. Absolutely, and at, at the end of the day, that's what we want, right? Um, mm-hmm. this- and, and Agriclimb is designed to, to partner in risk in uh, key t- times during the growing season. And, you know, it, it, maybe you don't have the worst drought in 50 years, but you do have a, a bad drought. There still could be some uh, cash back to help offset because it's going to it's going to make a difference. Right. It, this is all about trying to really um, help growers have that peace of mind when they go into their planning uh, for the se- for the upcoming season, when they go into their purchasing decisions that they know that. Um, spending a little extra money on their crop protection products uh, and on their seeds and, and so forth um, that they know are going to deliver better product performance uh, is ideal. And and when they have things that uh, are out of their control that are going to impact potentially the results um, of their yield and their outcome of, of the crop, uh, Syngenta's got their back. Right. So how is this offer different from other bundle or rebate programs from other companies that are on the market? There's not really anything out there like agriculture. It is completely different than anything else out there in the way that it's structured, the way that it's deployed, the way that you know, the, the data that we uh, that we use with our third-party um, uh, weather verification services that we we utilize. Uh, I will say that you know there are some other weather offers that have been out there on the marketplace over the last few years that are very outcome-based. And when I say outcome-based, what that means is um, some of these offers are really focused on what the yield is for a grower. Um, and it, 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 the, the offers have been structured in a way that if you have poor yield, you know, the offer comes in and pays some, some uh, dollars back to the grower. But if you have really great yield, the grower is on the line for giving some of the uh, extra uh, bump in yield that they had, some of the extra dollars back uh, to the program. 
And that's just not good all around. We should never be taking away uh, money from a grower if they have a good year. We should be celebrating with them, right? Uh, and so that, that's really what AgriClimb is designed to do. It's, uh, again, we want the no payout parties. Uh, we want, the, we want uh, the, the, the circumstances where most folks are not needing a payout. And so uh, if they're having a good year, let's celebrate with them. If they're having a bad year, we want to share in that risk. It, it's different. Uh, it, it's locally focused. It's, it's not one product fits all across the board. Uh, and so, you know, it, it is tailored to drive local um, agronomic decisions that help uh, farmers, you know, increase their, their potential and their outcome that they have on their farms uh, without trying to share in any type of outcome-based um, offer in any way. We're basically putting um, our money where our mouth is, if you will. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today about AgriClimb. I learned a lot. I really hope that our listeners learned a lot. Um, and like you said, for growers interested in AgriClimb, they can visit agriclimb.us or um, talk with their local retailer or service representative. Thanks, Katie. Now, drumroll please, my co-host, Thrive TV's Adam Baxt, and I have a very exciting announcement. That's right. The Rudin Ag Contest results are in, and we'd like to give a huge congratulations to Austin Walter for being this year's Rudin Ag Contest winner. Congrats, Austin. Cue the applause. You know, if we had sound effects, cue the applause. Uh Congrats, Austin. Each finalist, Natalie Dolman and Craig Converse and Austin Walter, had an incredible story, which I'm sure made it difficult for online voters to select who they thought should be this year's winner. Listeners, keep an eye out for a feature of Austin in the first Thrive Magazine issue of 2022. And as the grand prize winner, Austin receives a $500 gift card plus a professional photo shoot with his ag mentor. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I got to sit down with Austin and talk with him about the mentor he highlighted in his contest submission essay and you just got to take a listen my mentor my grandpa ross walter uh he had 250 shorthorn cows back in the 70s early 80s and then ended up getting rid of them and transitioning more into the feedlot side of things and going more down the corn and beans row crop production and you know i did two years of junior college at lakeland and then i went to texas tech for two years and I, kind of got faced with the decision, you know, am I going to go into commercial ag and take an industry job where who knows where I'm going to end up across the country? Or am I going to be able to come back home to the farm and be involved and help grow the family operation for future generations? And I I've really always respected my grandpa and what he's built here. And I'm very lucky and thankful to be able to come back and be a part of it. You know, working with family, it's a blessing. It, it has its hardships, but there's a lot to be learned. He's been Oh, he's been farming since the day he could walk, and he's got a lot of experience that I'm very thankful to be able to learn from. Anything from different soil temperatures to herbicide and pesticide applications to just about anything equipment in the shop that we need to fix, but he's really a wealth of knowledge. As the Rooted in Ag Contest winner, Austin Walter gets to select the charity meaningful to him, and then Syngenta will donate $1,000 to it. So... Our town, Grand Ridge, is a town of 580, 600 people. And the little elementary grade school, this fall they're starting, is going to be the first year for them to have an agriculture program. It's going to link through FFA, feeding into both Ottawa and Streeter High School and a little bit Marquette High School. All those high schools have FFA programs. And I know I went through Grand Ridge grade school, and the grade school didn't have one. And 
it would have been really cool to have one in junior high there for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And I think this would be a really good program to support and keep rolling for agriculture. That will make such a big difference in kids' lives one day. It's such a great cause. And he closed out our interview sharing some advice from his grandpa. The biggest thing he always tells us is don't worry about things you can't control and just try to be humble and kind. Let go of what you can't control and be humble and kind. I love that. Again, congratulations so much, Austin. Very well deserved. Thank you for joining me, Adam, and sharing your conversation with Austin Walter. As always, see you next month for another episode of the Thrive Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to receive the latest updates in your favorite podcast listening platform. Always read and follow label instructions.